the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Is the Pope Catholic? That would be the answer I'd give you uh, if you asked me if the statement from Bill Donahue of the Catholic League came out uh, today or last night. Uh, stirred things up on my Twitter feed today. You can follow me, by the way, at Steiger World. Uh, Donahue said the same things in the statement that he said right here on this very John Steigerwald uh, radio show yesterday. Uh, it was the first interview he did, actually, after he had um, crafted the statement. He hadn't even re- I think he had just released it or was about to release it, and this was the first interview he did. And at the time, he said he was glad that he did it in Pittsburgh because of the stuff swirling around Cardinal World, which I'm sure you've heard about. And it's basically that as bad as the problem with priests and abusing kids is, this is what his statement was today and what he said here. He says, as bad as, as, bad as the problem is, it's not all that it's cracked up to be by the media. In fact, this is what he said, and I, says, and I think he said it here yesterday too, but he says it in his official statement today. There is no organization in America that has less trouble with sexual abuse of minors than the Catholic Church. He goes through the grand jury report point by point, as he did here yesterday. Uh, it is a little bit more in a more organized way, obviously, in writing on his, in his statement, but he lists what he calls myths, and he lists myths followed by what he calls facts. You can check it out if you go to the Catholic League's uh, uh, website. Uh, just Google Catholic League and you can find it. He says in the last two years... of the clergy had a credible accusation made against him. And he has a big problem with the Catholic Church being singled out. Now, I got in a big battle on Twitter today. Uh, I retweeted Donahue's statement, and the response was the usual stuff. How can I defend child abuse? Just because I tweeted it. Uh, Why am I trying to temper the outrage? I had tweeted a couple of nights ago, uh, and this one, and this was uh, before yesterday's radio show, night night before last. Um, I tweeted that I had gone to Catholic school for thirteen and a half years, and not only was never abused, but didn't know anyone who was abused by a priest, and didn't know anyone who knew of anyone who was abused by a priest. And the reaction to that was proof to me that a lot of what Donahue said is true, or at least is justified in many ways. I mean, I had a few people tell me I was one of the lucky ones. Now, think about that for a minute. Just think about how ridiculous that is. I said that I had never been abused, and someone responds to that by saying, well, you're one of the lucky ones. For me to be one of the lucky ones, I would have to be one of the very few kids who went to Catholic school in the last 50 or 60 years who wasn't abused by a priest. Come on. That gives you an idea of the perception that's out there. I stated that I'd never been abused, and somebody's response is, now I know it's Twitter, but there's a lot of this, that, the same kind of response out there. So I say that, and the response is, well, yeah, well, you're one of the lucky ones. So uh, really, the unlucky ones are the kids who were abused, okay? Uh, and when you think of the millions and millions of kids who went to Catholic schools in the last 50 or 60 years, that's a minuscule number. And of course... When you point out that number and you say that it's a small number, the response to that is, tell that to the 1,000 kids who were abused, as though you're dismissing it as trivial. Now, at least one tweeter suggested uh, uh, that I was rationalizing it. That all speaks to Donahue's questions about why the Catholic Church is singled out, and it reminds me of the school shooting issue. Um, it's, it's a lot like that. It's, uh, if you remind people that the shootings are extremely rare and that they shouldn't go to bed at night worrying about their kids getting shot, and they're actually more rare now than they were 25, 30, 40 years ago, you're accused of diminishing the tragedy of the kids who were just killed and the ones you're hearing about on the news every 15 minutes. And it's, you know, the country's traumatized by it, so you, you can't point out that it's still a rarity because that means you just don't care about it. 
The report, uh, the, the, the grand jury report, lists 300 priests. Some of the headlines would have you believe they're all guilty. None of them was tried. None. Nobody is denying that the Catholic Church has to address the issue, including Bill Donahue. And there are lots of people out there calling for mass resignations. Now, that will have to be worked out. And the church hierarchy is going to have to take some kind of drastic action to keep the flock from just scattering to the wind. So when we come back, we're going to talk to a guy who says it's not about the clergy. It's about a loss of faith. We'll do that when we come back on AM 1250, The Answer. Getting close to retirement? Experienced a nice Trumponomics bump in your portfolio? We know the market goes up, and unfortunately, we also know it goes down. Don't risk your retirement to market whims. Learn how you can lock in those gains today by spending time with the team at Marley Financial. Todd Marley and the experts at Marley Financial can help you design a retirement plan that is bulletproof against the market's ups and downs. The team at Marley Financial uses a multitude of different techniques to make sure that you have a retirement plan that is tax-friendly, stable, and worry-free. Oh, and speaking of taxes, did you know that Marley Financial can handle that too? With all the changes in the tax laws, be sure you're taking advantage of the best possible deduction and make sure you know what adjustments to make for your overall financial picture going forward. Call today for a no-obligation consultation to see just how for 25 years the clients at Marley Financial have never had a retirement plan fail. Call 724-884-1496 today. 724-884-1496 or visit them at MarleyFG.com. People come in with health concerns, and we try to address those at the root cause. At the Medicine Shops in Oakmont and Penn Hills, nurse practitioner Joyce Gibb has conducted over 3,000 consultations with pharmacist, mentor, and friend Joe DiMatteo. I actually got my nurse practitioner in family practice, and I've always wanted to practice getting to the root cause because in family practice, I felt like I was giving a pill for the ill. It's always pharmaceutical-based. You really didn't get to the main problem that caused the symptom. Just an example, if you have heartburn, there's many reasons for acid reflux or heartburn. And some of those reasons could be not enough hydrochloric acid, where traditional medicine blocks that. And as we age, our body typically doesn't even make enough as it should to break down our food. And a lot of people want to get off their proton pump inhibitors, and we had a little protocol to wean that very slowly so they don't have rebound heartburn. Call for a consultation today. The Medicine Shop in Oakmont and Penn Hills. You know the moment. The workday is over. Your daily responsibilities have been met. The shoes slip off and you lie back. It's that end of day. Ah, That's the relief you'll feel when you rest on the body-soothing serenity made locally at the Original Mattress Factory. Relief from middleman markups and a hard day's work. The Original Mattress Factory. Thoughtfully made. Honestly priced. OriginalMattress.com Did you know that when you buy a mattress from a retail store, that mattress is being sold for the second time? What do I mean? Well, the manufacturer sells the mattress to the retailer, who in turn sells it to you with costs and markups for both parties. At the Original Mattress Factory, we have our own factory right here at our store. So the mattress you buy is being sold for the first and only time. That's why our prices are hundreds less than the mainstream mattress brands. Stop by one of our factory locations or visit us at OriginalMattress.com to see for yourself. Don't pay double for your next home improvement project. Many companies are simply asking too much for windows, siding, and doors. You need at least three estimates. Just make sure Windows R Us is one of them. With over 50 years of home remodeling experience, Windows R Us is more than a window company. They're the area's premier exterior replacement company for roofing, siding, doors, gutters, even shutters and downspouts. You'll love their no-pressure sales approach, straightforward menu-style pricing, and the absolute fastest turnaround in the business. Windows R Us offers multiple financing options and will match any competitor's price. No hidden costs or final invoice surprises ever. And their no loophole full lifetime warranty covers everything, including labor and glass breakage at no additional charge. Mention AM 1250 and get an exclusive 10% discount for listeners of this station only. Why pay double? Before you buy, visit WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. They're more than a window company. They're the area's premier exterior replacement company. WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. The John Steigerwall Show. AM 1250, The Answer. Well, the recent grand jury report of uh, on abuse in the uh, the Catholic Church has caused quite a stir here in Pittsburgh. There's a petition to have Cardinal Donald Worrell's name removed from North Catholic High School. Uh, there have been uh, lots of calls for him to resign as the Archbishop of uh, Washington, D.C. 
We had Bill Donahue of the Catholic League on the show yesterday trying to provide a defense, but he's been the Lone Ranger on that, pretty much the Lone Ranger anyway. Uh, John David Daniels is a senior correspondent at the Federalist and a newly converted Catholic. We'll talk about that in a minute. But uh, thanks for being here, John. Thanks for having me. So what do you mean uh, when you say that in your piece that the focus should be on the loss of faith more than the clergy? Uh, I mean that the crisis is really a crisis of fidelity to what the Catholic Church teaches. Um, you know, and this goes back to 2002 when the sex abuse scandal first broke in Boston, uh, and there was a there was a lot of uh, you know talk then, and and uh, you know administrative changes in the in the church hierarchy in the United States and new policies. Uh, but I think that we need to understand what some people were emphasizing in 2002, we need to emphasize now, which is that the root of uh, the sex abuse crisis is a crisis of fidelity, that is a crisis of faith uh, to the church's teachings about sexuality that uh, is a real problem in, in the Catholic, in the hierarchy of the Catholic Church in the United States and has been for decades. Okay, so what, how has it been a problem? What do you mean by that? Going back to uh, Vatican II, to the mid-1960s, to Humana Vitae, the encyclical by Pope Paul VI about human sexuality that forbade contraception, that affirmed traditional marriage. These teachings, uh, when they, they, uh, you know, first were promulgated, when Humana Vitae first came out, there was a, a, a great outcry among certain sectors of the church in the United States, uh, in certain seminaries, uh, and certain quarters of uh, the, the church hierarchy rejected Humana Vitae. They, they dissented, and, and a culture of dissent rose up in the church during these decades, during the, the, the mid-1960s all the way through uh, you know, the mid to late 1980s, uh, a culture of, dis- of dissent became entrenched in the church. And it was, what was it dissenting to? It was dissenting to the church's teachings on sexuality, uh, on uh, the very uh, things that bear on the sex abuse crisis today. Uh, and, and it is dissent from the church's teachings. That is a crisis of fidelity to church teachings that is the root of this crisis. Uh, and, and until we recognize that, I don't think any new procedures or new administrative protocols that the bishops come up with are really going to uh, solve the problem. Well, if if they recognized it, it, it probably wouldn't have happened. Correct? I mean, how, how are they? How, how can you expect them to recognize it? Because if it's if it's been as damaging as you say it's been, and I'm not disagreeing with you, um, then then how can it? How can you expect them to? fix it if they allowed it to happen in the first place by not being faithful. Well, well that's right. And to some extent, this is a generational problem. Uh, there is a generation of Catholics, seminarians, and younger priests and bishops that are coming up through the church ranks today that have a much more uh, traditional view of Catholic teaching. Uh, that are not on board with the culture of dissent that was prevalent in some quarters of the church in the 60s and 70s. Uh, and, and it's a very different dynamic than what we saw uh, in reaction to Humanitae in 1968, where you essentially had, you know, U.S. bishops uh, and, and U.S. priests and theologians uh, rebelling from Rome and from Pope Paul VI. Uh, encyclical and saying this isn't right and that we we disagree and we dissent. That culture is not the dominant culture among younger upcoming Catholics uh, and and clergy today in America, and that's a good thing. Um, but but that's why I say it's in some sense is a is a generational thing. And and you're right that if uh, if the the old order did not recognize the problem in the first place, then they're not equipped to deal with it. But I think a lot of Catholics, especially given the reaction to the Pennsylvania grand jury report uh, this week and the revelations about uh, uh, McCarrick, uh, I think the the reaction is much different today and reflects uh, the fact that the culture of dissent is not as dominant in the church now as it was back then. I think it's it's kind of interesting because, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but it sounds like you're saying that the old school 
guys are the ones who are are uh, too modern and and have allowed it to become uh, <laughs> modernized, and it's the young people coming. I mean, that you don't see that happening a lot in any other in too many other areas in society where the young people are saying, "Hey, we got to go back to the old ways." Yeah, that's true. It's it's counterintuitive and it's definitely countercultural. Um, you know, but but it certainly is the case, and a lot of people have been writing about this in recent years. That the desire for younger Catholics to uh, celebrate the extraordinary form of the Mass, the Latin Mass. In my own parish here in Austin, Texas, we have uh, a Latin Mass every Sunday that's very well attended, and the people that attend the Latin Mass are, for the most part, younger families. A lot of children and a lot of younger couples are the ones who are drawn to the older forms of worship that uh, Pope Benedict XVI sort of reaffirmed uh, during his papacy and and, uh, uh, and tried to help revive. Uh, but you're absolutely right that the, the older, I would say, baby boomer generation of Catholics were more modernizing, uh, or at least certain Catholic leaders in the United States were more modernizing. And we have to go back to Vatican II and the expectation that a lot of the Catholic leadership had after Vatican II that the Catholic Church would become more like Protestant churches. It would it would modernize. It would uh, relax some of its teachings around uh, around the ordination of women or traditional marriage or uh, things like homosexuality or abortion or any number of things uh, that that certain Catholics thought. Okay, after Vatican II, the Church is going to modernize. The Church is going to become more like Protestant denominations, like what we've seen with the Episcopal Church or the Evangelical Lutheran Church. Um, but that never happens, thank God. <laughs> uh, and yet, there are still elements in the Catholic Church in the United States that would like to see that happen and think it's going to happen. And I think we have to connect all of these things and understand the history over the past 50 years of the Church in America and the Church worldwide to, to fully place this crisis in context and understand it for what it is. We're talking to John Daniel Davidson, senior correspondent at The Federalist, who says that the Catholic Church problem is a faith problem more than anything else. Um, I am of that uh, baby boomer generation, John, and I remember the Latin Mass, you know, Dominus Boviscum, et cum spiri tu tu o. I mean, I, you know, that was, everybody knew that. Um, I, I, uh, and so it's, it sounds, sounds to me like maybe the baby boomers were affected by the, the sexual revolution and sex, drugs, and rock and roll, which so many people in my generation, which, by the way, I, uh, affectionately referred to as the worst generation as compared to my dad's generation, which is the greatest generation. So, I mean, it seems like it. what you're saying is that they've the baby boomers were uh, influenced but just by their by the wild 60s. And it, it trickled down into the into church uh, issues. Hey, absolutely. I, I think that there's no question about that. It's not just the Catholic Church that was influenced by no, the sexual no. revolution. Almost every aspect of society was. But the key thing for us today, uh, and, and, you know, I'm not the only one saying this. A lot of people have been saying this for years. If the church is going to survive the sort of, uh, you know, postmodern secular uh, society that, that we have here in the 21st century, the church, and not just the Catholic church, Protestant denominations are included in this, is going to have to completely reject the sexual revolution of the 1960s and all that it stood for, completely repudiate it, and stand firm for for a more traditional Christian morality uh, and, and draw the line there. There is no other way for the Church to survive uh, in, the, in the current climate. We're looking at a society in America now that uh, the mainstream society that's openly hostile to traditional morality and traditional Christian teaching. Uh, and, and I think nobody uh, could argue that, that it's, it's not getting worse. It clearly is. Uh, and the church has got to stand against that, even if it means that it loses prestige, that it loses membership, that the church loses a certain amount of influence. It doesn't, those things can come and go. Uh, but the church stands for unchanging, eternal moral truths imparted to us by Christ and preserved through from the apostles down to the present day. And without that, uh, if we don't hold the line there, uh, then we lose the whole game. 
And see, I, I've never understood um, how, there, uh, and I've I've seen this kind of happening over the years. The stuff that you're talking about here, I've never understood compromising on those things. Um, <clears throat> I mean, even like we weren't allowed to eat meat on Friday, okay? Um, mm-hmm. And and you know the question always is, well, who who checked to find out we're now allowed to eat on eat meat on Friday? Who who came down from the heavens and? inform somebody that we were allowed to do that. I mean, somebody somebody's calling those shots, but you know, not not having the mass in Latin, and and I and I was going to ask you, uh, <clears throat> and you say that maybe that the young people are not leaning in this direction, but there with with this happening in the last few days with this grand jury, you're going to hear more, aren't you, about uh, priests being allowed to be married, and that maybe that would be a good idea. Idea. Yeah, it, it, exactly. So you, that's the kind of thing that we're going to hear. Um, we're going to hear it from from secular commentators. We'll hear it from Protestant commentators, uh, and and uh, and we'll hear it from dissenters within the Catholic Church who have long wanted these changes to take place. Uh, but you know, my point is, and and I say this in the, in my piece at the Federalist, that gets it exactly backwards. It's not that there's something inherently wrong with the celibacy of the priesthood, or there's something inherently wrong with the church's teaching on human sexuality. It's that those teachings and those doctrines have not been faithfully adhered to over the past 50 years in this country. Uh, and and dissent uh, and sexual immorality have been allowed uh, to pass under the radar, to fester, uh, and to, to produce, in the worst cases, the, the cases of, of, of sexual abuse that we read about in the Pennsylvania grand jury report. Um, you know, the, the solution to this is not to allow priests to marry or to compromise on a whole host of teachings that have to do with human sexuality, uh, but to rediscover those teachings, to, to double down on them in some cases, and insist that our priests and our church leadership uh, adhere to the teachings of the church in the same way that they insist that the laity adhere to the teachings of the church. Uh, without that, there, there's there's really no amount of policy or procedural changes that are going to make a lasting difference. I agree with that, and I think that uh, even if, if from the, the Catholic Church's perspective, if it scatters the flock a little bit, then that's too bad, because what you have left are real Catholics, and and, and that's what you want. Um, I want to get to one quick thing here, which I thought was interesting in your, your piece that you wrote, that I, I wanted to let people hear you say everything you've said up to this point, and then uh, mention that you uh, are a recently converted Catholic. Explain that, or not explain it, but just uh, tell us about that. You don't, I don't think there's anything for you to explain. Right. Uh, no, that's true. I, I say in the piece that uh, that I was received into the church uh, this past Easter uh, here in, in Austin, Texas. And uh, for me, it was it was a long r- road to the church, and in some ways a, a painful one, I think, as, as many people's journey to the church is. Um, uh, but as I say, it's not because I think that Catholic leaders are more holy or, or blameless or sinless than the leaders of other Christian denominations, or that I just prefer the style of worship and liturgy in the Catholic Church compared to worship and liturgies in Protestant denominations. It's because I came to believe through, uh, through, through as I say, a long and painful process that uh, what the Catholic Church teaches is true. Uh, and so for Catholics like me to confront something like the sex abuse scandal, it is as clear as day. It's, it's as clear as anything could be that the problem in the church is that the teachings, the truth uh, of the deposit of faith that was given to us by Christ himself has not been faithfully adhered to by certain elements in the Catholic hierarchy in the United States, and that that is the problem, and that, that, uh, uh, that we have to take this stuff seriously. We have to live John, by what we are taught, and, um, and if, we, if we don't have that, we don't have anything. I'm completely out of time. Thank you very much. You expressed yourself well. Thank you. Thank you for having me. 
With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters in Washington. Days after yanking former CIA Chief John Brennan's security clearance, President Trump is targeting the clearance of a Justice Department official. The president's been blasting Bruce Orr, whose wife worked for the opposition research firm involved in compiling a dossier on Trump's ties to Russia. The president says Orr shouldn't even have a security clearance. I think Bruce Orr is a disgrace. I suspect I'll be taking it away very quickly. The move to take Brennan's clearance has drawn fire from several former national security officials but the president's not backing off. Security clearances are very important to me. Very, very important. And I've had a tremendous response for having done that. Saying he's never respected Brennan, who has sharply criticized the president. Sagar Magani, Washington. Another good day on Wall Street as the Dow was up by 110 points. The Nasdaq rose 10. The S&P advanced 9. Oil up to 65.91 a barrel. This is SRN News. Pat Boone here again for Relief Factor, the company that's helping thousands of people, just like my wife Shirley and me, deal with all kinds of occasional aches and pains. For years, Shirley struggled with her neck and her shoulder pain kept her from sleeping through the night. A lot of people, just like Shirley, struggle with aches and pains due to aging or exercise. Why don't you order the three-week quick start? It's now only $19.95, and let's see if we can get you out of pain, too. Go to relieffactor.com. Are you a responsible person who finds yourself growing deeper in credit card debt? Then get ready for a toll-free number that will put you on a path to financial recovery. Trinity Debt Management will consolidate your accounts and work with your creditors. You'll save thousands and become debt-free for keeps. If your debt has you down, we should talk. Call Trinity at 1-800-990-6976. 1-800-990-6976. Jay Sekulow is concerned with how the Russia investigation is progressing. When you have something of this constitutional magnitude, I mean, this is just fact. You can't, it's not just a yes or no answer. There's a lot of factors that go into it. If you look at the scenario of events that have taken place in this investigation in particular, the corruption at the start of it and the new information, the Bruce Orr information just coming out yesterday, uh, raises serious concerns all the way through. Jay Sekulow Live, weeknights at 6, right before Larry Elder at 7, at AM 1250. The Answer. From coast to coast, from sea to shining sea, it's a beautiful country out there. Discover it all in a new RV from Camping World, America's number one RV dealer. At your local Camping World, you'll find over 350 new RVs in stock, an ever-changing selection from America's top brands, including favorites like Coleman and Mallard of every class and size, all at wholesale prices. Say hello to a whole new world. Visit CampingWorldOfPittsburgh.com. Over two-thirds of Christian young people will step away from their faith while attending a non-Christian college or university. But AM 1250 The Answer and Salem Media Pittsburgh have a solution. Salem Media Pittsburgh has partnered with Judson University, a private Christian college, in offering a limited number of special grants designed to decrease the cost of tuition by over half. These tuition grants are available now. Call our tuition solution specialist at 412-503-4769 to reserve yours. Pat Boone again, and I've never before endorsed a pain relief product of any kind until now, until Relief Factor. My wife is thrilled because of her neck and shoulder pain, and let's face it, almost everybody over 50 has occasional aches and pains due to aging or exercise, and the three-week quick start is now discounted to only $19.95. It's 100% drug-free, and the majority of people who order it go on to order more. Let's see if we can get you out of pain, too. Go to Relief Factor. Now this is a great house. My aunts would love this. Great place to raise a colony. Lots of wood, great trees, and taste this mulch. Mm. Moist, delicious. Plus you've got great neighbors, the termites and carpenter bees. What about the place across the street? Well, since the bug muggers came, nobody goes there anymore. The bug muggers? I hate those guys. They're ruining the neighborhood with their kid-friendly, pet-safe solutions and 250 years of combined experience. It's killing us. Anyway, come out back. I'd love to show you the wood deck. Got pests? Call the bug muggers of Santa Products Pest Control. When they move in, pests move out. 412-322-5900. Stuck in traffic? We've got the answer. Stormy weather out there and plenty of accidents and delays. There's a crash on outbound Parkway North. It's in the left lane of the Mount Nebo Road overpass jam back to Camp Horn Road. Now that accident finally cleared from the eastbound PA Turnpike, so that's some good news. But we're seeing some other jam-ups on the inbound Parkway West, heavy from Carnegie to the Fort Pitt Tunnel and on the outbound side from the tunnel to 79. Northbound 79 jams Parkway West to 51. I'm Jenny Robinson on AM 1250, The Answer. AM 1250, The Answer, Weather. 
staying unsettled into the start of the weekend. A couple showers and a thunderstorm tonight as a frontal system moves through. Mostly cloudy and muggy otherwise, a low of 67. Still mostly cloudy and humid tomorrow with heavy showers and thunderstorms. Afternoon high of 76. A lingering shower tomorrow night, mostly cloudy, a low down to 64. Then a dry day on Sunday with a blend of clouds and sunshine, a high of 79. I'm meteorologist Steve Travis on AM 1250, The Answer. This is the John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250, The Answer. I have to be honest with you, I didn't see anything today, and I maybe I didn't uh, look hard enough, and maybe you can help me. Give me a call at 844-302-1250 if you know more than I do on this, uh, 844-302-1250. Um, I uh, I didn't see much about the anthem last night. I assume that all the Steelers stood. They have been up to this point. I don't know what even happened at the game last night. Uh, the game last night was excruciatingly boring with lots of penalties. There were a couple of interesting plays. Um, uh, some interesting performances, I should say, by the, the rookie receiver Washington and uh, Connor, the running back, looked good. Uh, the two quarterbacks, meh, well, uh, Hobbs looked, uh, Dobbs rather, looked uh, pretty good. Anyway, um, I don't know what happened with the anthem, and it's, it's going to be an ongoing thing. But uh, I, I came across a thing by Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, who's a very smart guy, by the way, uh, as, uh, along with being very tall. Um, and he says uh, black athletes are being forced to sing the national anthem in the same way that slaves were ordered by their masters to sing songs. He wrote that in an op-ed for The Hollywood Reporter, uh, he says, uh, the Lakers legend said that, this is from the uh, the piece that I have here, he said, the Lakers legend noted that slave owners used compulsory singing to drown out their own cruelty and oppression and clothe them in a coerced choir of decency. Uh, currently, the song being demanded is the national anthem during football games. Could we please stop with the slavery uh, comparisons? I'm not black. I can't begin to speak to what it's like to be a black person in America. I know there are plenty of um, uh, legitimate grievances and some that I will never understand and that are completely legitimate. But it ain't slavery, okay? Here's the difference. Here's the only thing that's, that, that is the same about it. They're black men, okay? That's it. There's nothing, no, there's nothing, and, well, and there's a song being played. That's it. See, if you're a slave and you're told to sing, you have to sing because if you don't, the master will beat you with a whip, maybe kill you, throw you in a hole and leave you in there for a week. I mean, it was a hideous, horrific existence to be a slave. If you're an NBA player who doesn't like the standing for the national anthem, here's what you can do that a slave could never do. Quit. You can leave, okay? You're allowed. You can say, you know what? I don't like this policy. I know that uh, this is what you want me to do. I don't agree with it. I, I, it's because of um, what I perceive to be systemic racism, uh, uh, police brutality, whatever the issue may be. But you always, this is the difference, okay? If you're a slave, you can't quit all right and if you're a player here's another thing is the big difference the slave wasn't getting paid anything if you're an nba player i think i'm not sure about this i think the average salary is about two million dollars a year which means you're getting paid some guys are making 25 30 million dollars a year which means you're getting paid hundreds of thousands of dollars to stand there and do what your boss yeah he's your boss he pays you he's the boss he's not the massa uh he's the boss okay he's the boss and he's paying you and this is his policy and we'd like you to stand for the national anthem maybe you think it's dumb and it and and you you hate doing it then here's what you can do quit okay don't show up for work uh maybe um, just you know, take a night off, and we'll dock your pay. We'll get we'll we'll dock you the the, the amount of a game check. Maybe that's forty thousand bucks. Maybe it's four hundred, depending on who you are. But it's it you know, it's 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 too bad that there's not, there aren't some slaves who lived long enough to be here to talk to the people who make these comparisons because it would be pretty embarrassing to say to a, a slave, an actual slave, who who had to put up with being a slave 
to have someone in the NBA say, this is like being a slave to someone who actually was, you know, a slave beaten with whips and forced to work and saw their families sold, bought and sold and were separated from their kids. That's a slave. If And, and, and it's, it does a disservice to them for the horrific lives that they had to lead for somebody to trivialize it by saying, by comparing an NBA player who has to stand up for a song, comparing that to what a slave had to go through 120 years ago, 150 years ago, whatever, yeah, 150, 60 years ago. So uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, a smart guy, a really stupid comparison. We come back, we're going to talk about something else really stupid. Somebody being forced or trying to be forced to bake a cake for a transgender something or other. following is not an actor, but a real-life story from Trinity Debt Management. It's probably been about 10 years ago. I had quite a few credit cards. The interest on the cards was really high. I was making the minimum payments, but barely. And it was just getting to be too much, so I called Trinity. If you're in debt and you need help, call Trinity at 1-800-990-6976 to talk to a certified counselor. They met with me, and they were able to get all of my credit cards in one lower payment. Trinity will consolidate your accounts into one easy-to-manage monthly payment. Put a stop to late fees and over-limit charges. Reduce your interest and possibly improve your credit score. You'll save thousands. They did help me learn how to manage my money. Now, you know, we have a house and we're doing a lot better. If your debt has you down, call Trinity at 1-800-990-6976. My name is Holly and I am debt-free for keeps. 1-800-990-6976. Marley Financial has done it again. These guys are just fantastic. Many of you know or have worked with our friend Todd Marley at Marley Financial. You also know that they were the first and still the best option for individual health insurance providing both traditional and non-Obamacare plans. But now they're also offering the best group health plans in the nation. Typical savings of up to 40%. Small, medium, and even large groups, Marley has got you covered. Giving you and your employees access to national networks where you can go to any hospital, Highmark, UPMC, Mayo Clinic, or even Johns Hopkins. Marley gives you the power to choose what's best for you and your employees, whether they're W-2 or 1099 subcontractors, without the usual headaches of things like minimum participation or employer contributions. Call Marley Financial now at 724-884-1496. That's 724-884-1496. And find out what it's like to work with the most innovative agency in Pennsylvania. 724-884-1496 at MarleyFG.com. Bodie Taney, author of the incredible best-selling Zion Chronicles and Zion Covenant series, returns to the setting of Israel in On the Mountain of the Lord, the first book in the new series, The Elijah Chronicles. In On the Mountain of the Lord, Taney teams up with Holy Land history expert Ray Bentley to give her dedicated historical fiction fans a thrilling story set in the world's most sacred and mysterious sites. Come along on a journey from London to the farthest corners of the world with Jack Garrison, a man who has lost his faith after a life altering and devastating event. Jack is sent on a fact-finding mission in Israel and Palestine, where he's attacked by radical Islamic terrorists and is being tracked down by an enemy who wants to stop him from finding the truth that the Bible's prophecy about the nation of Israel and the world's future is true and unfolding before his eyes. Order your copy of Bodie Taney and Ray Bentley's new book, On the Mountain of the Lord, Elijah Chronicles at Amazon, BarnesandNoble.com and select Costco stores. People come in with health concerns and we try to address those at the root cause. At the Medicine Shops in Oakmont and Penn Hills, nurse practitioner Joyce Gibb has conducted over 3,000 consultations with pharmacist, mentor, and friend Joe DiMedio. I actually got my nurse practitioner in family practice and I've always wanted to practice getting to the root cause because in family practice I felt like I was giving a pill for the ill. It's always pharmaceutical based. You really didn't get to the main problem that caused the symptom. Just an example of you have heartburn. There's many reasons for acid reflux or heartburn, and some of those reasons could be not enough hydrochloric acid, where traditional medicine blocks that. And as we age, our body typically doesn't even make enough as it should to break down our food. And a lot of people want to get off their proton pump inhibitors, and we had a little protocol to wean that very slowly so they don't have rebound heartburn. Call for a consultation today. The Medicine Shop in Oakmont and Penn Hills. 888-865-9595. You're listening to The John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250. 
the answer. Does the name Jack Phillips mean anything to you? It may not, but if I told you he was the baker who had to go all the way to the Supreme Court to uh, find out that he did not have to bake a cake uh, for a gay wedding, and, um, and the, the Supreme Court ruled 7-2 to two, uh, back on June 4th that the Colorado Civil Rights Commission had acted with animus when they tried to punish him for refusing to bake a wedding cake for a gay couple. He said he, it was against his Christian beliefs. Well, they're coming after him again, and the Alliance for Defending Freedom is uh, trying to defend him. We have Jonathan Scruggs with us now. He is a senior counsel and director of the Center for Conscious Initiatives, Conscience uh, Initiatives with Alliance Defending Freedom. Thanks for being here, John. No, thanks so much for having me. So um, they're coming after this guy again. Who's doing it? And uh, I'm guessing they're doing it to to prove a point. That's not really somebody who desperately needs a cake. I think that's probably right. Yeah, so as you noted, Jack already won his first case at the U.S. Supreme Court. Uh, on the same day that the Supreme Court decided to take that case, uh, you know, a lot of the stuff went into the news and uh, Jack's store was publicized. On that same day, an attorney called up Jack Phillips and said, hey, make me a pink and blue cake to celebrate, celebrate my gender transition, my transition from a, a man to a woman. Uh, and Masterpiece uh, Cake Shop politely declined that request. Uh, Jack serves all people, all people in the LGBT community, but he just doesn't convey certain messages, so he just politely declined. Uh, and then a few days, a few weeks after, uh, uh, you know, that, the person filed a complaint with Colorado saying Jack discriminated and violated the law, and now Colorado has said, yeah, we agree with that, and there's probable cause of uh, him violating the law. So what does Jack left to do, right? I mean, he's already won an almost very similar case before the U.S. Supreme Court. Our only option now is do what we have done, and that's file a lawsuit to protect Jack against this targeting of his religious beliefs. So, But he's being targeted, obviously. I mean, this is not somebody who really wanted a, 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 a cake to celebrate their transgender transition. Well, yeah, I mean, put, put it together in the sense of the person, the lawyer said that uh, the lawyer Googled Masterpiece Cake Shop. So he didn't Google, hey, give me, let me find various cake right. shops in the city of, of Denver. He Googled Jack's cake, uh, cake Shop on the same day that it was in the news. So what other explanation is really out there? Uh, uh, but the most important part is Colorado had the opportunity to kind of just dismiss this complaint, but they didn't. They said, you know what, we agree with you, and we're going to find a probable cause violation. Uh, and that's the real problem here, is that Colorado is the one now targeting Jack. So allowing other oh, – go ahead. No, yeah, no, I was going to say, the Colorado Civil Rights Commission is after him again? Yeah, exactly. So that person, that lawyer, filed a complaint with the Civil Rights Commission, and the Civil Rights Commission could have said, oh, this is just bad faith, this is nothing to see here. But they didn't do that. Now the Colorado Commission is targeting Jack, and that's why we need protection from the government. Were now. the people on the commission in a coma when the civil uh, when the uh, Supreme Court ruled seven to two? Seven to two. That's a that's a that's a that's a uh, lopsided win. Seven to two. <laughs> uh, where, where were they when that happened? How, how can they not re- believe that it's going to be the same result if it has to be taken all the way up there again? It's mind-boggling, uh, and for that reason, we, that's why we took strong and swift action, seeking not only injunctive relief to protect Jack, but seeking damages uh, for punitive damages for these actions that really are uh, harassing. I mean, you can imagine, Jack gets all these types of requests all the time that are meant to entrap him, right? People call up his shop and say, hey, make me a cake celebrating Satan. Make me a cake yep. celebrating all these different things. How hard is it now that Colorado, is, in a sense, is validating one of those uh, requests and really seeking to uh, shut his doors? Uh, it's pure religious targeting. Well, how would they, uh, how would they uh, react the Civil Rights Commission, if I wanted to him to bake a cake with a, a picture of a black man uh, hanging from a noose, um, would, would they be okay with that? Would, they, would he be forced to make that? 
Well, I think it's, a, it's an important point. I mean, they probably wouldn't let at least other bakers uh, do that, and that's what the Supreme Court said was wrong the first time, right, that the Colorado was allowing these other cake designers to decline messages they disagreed with. Uh, but they were forcing Jack to make these cakes that he disagreed with. Uh, but nothing has changed. Like, Colorado is still doing that. Uh, and that just underscores that the facts are so similar to the first case. The Supreme Court ruled in Jack's favor the first time. This is just a sequel uh, with the same plot but with different music, if you will. Uh, and that's why we're very confident that Jack's going to win again. We're talking to John Scruggs, attorney for the Alliance Defending Freedom. Uh, they're trying to get Jack Phillips to bake a cake he doesn't want to bake. Decorate, I guess, is more than – he'll bake any cake you want. He's just not going to decorate it the way you want. Um, uh, but, I mean, what about uh, – do you guys take care of his legal fil- uh, fees? That's what that's one of the purposes of your existence there? Oh, exactly. We represent our clients absolutely for free uh, because we think it's important to protect – not just Jack's rights, but the rights of all Americans to live consistent with their faith. But, uh, uh, but we're, we're, go ahead. Go, no, go ahead. I'll let you finish. Go ahead. Sorry. And, and you know that's why we're totally supported by donations. We're a five hundred one c three, and that's why we exist. We exist to protect these people's rights. I, I guess I'm I'm having a tough time uh, wrapping my head around a um, a government official. I'm, I'm assuming a guy who's also an attorney. Uh, going forward with this, not knowing how ridiculous it is, or being so passionate about making his point that he would go through with this. Uh, 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 and 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 what's what's the reaction out there among the the the, the people on the street? Are they are, are there people who think this is a good idea or is it being laughed at? Is he this guy uh, should be laughed off the stage, shouldn't he? Well I mean I think people people really don't look kindly upon the government you know, going after someone again and again. Uh, I think the the gut reaction is the right reaction, right? When you hear about it, it's hard to believe that, hey, we've got to do this whole thing again. And just put yourself in Jack's shoes, right? I mean, how hard is it? He's been in litigation for, you know, six years, right? Uh, years and years. Uh, he didn't want it. He didn't ask for any of this. Uh, he's been forced upon it by uh, the state of Colorado. And that's just really unfortunate. See, I I take a real simplistic uh, stance on this because I to me, it's such an easy uh, should be at least in my mind an easy private property issue. It's my bakery. I'll bake the kind of cakes I want for the people I want. Go down the street. They'll bake you anything you want, and leave me alone. I mean, I don't I don't understand why anybody thinks they should be able to tell anybody for any reason what uh, force them to make anything that they don't want to make. How does yeah, that I mean, even happen I mean, in America? I mean, well, I think, you know, the free speech principles here are strong, right? Because, as you noted, Jack does serve all people. He welcomes people in his store, sells things to people in the LGBT community. He just can't create some messages for anyone. You know, what he about, won't create but, messages. But, John, what about the, just the private property issue? Leave me alone. I'm not in the mood to make a blue cake today. I'm not making one. I don't like the way you're dressed. I'm not making a blue cake. Why? Why? I mean, it's my bakery. Why? Why is anybody able to even question it? Sure. I mean, I, all I'm saying is just the free speech principles yeah. just make it even stronger, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. in the sense of uh, there are many messages he won't convey for anyone. You know, he won't make a cake, a cake you know, demeaning other people's religions or celebrating right. racism. Right. No matter who walks in the door, he won't make that cake. Same principle here. And it's important because that's the exact same thing Jack, same, exact same principle Jack is asking to apply to other people. You know, like a, a Democratic a speech writer shouldn't be forced to write a speech for a Republican. Right. Uh, it's just common sense. That's all Jack's asking for. Were you st- uh, shocked uh, as an attorney that this even, not this particular case now, but the original one, that it, that got as far as it did before somebody laughed it off the stage? Well, you know, these cases are coming up all across the country. Uh, in fact, there's another case in Colorado that we're representing a web designer. This web designer wants to control what website she creates. Uh, but the state of Colorado has said that because she creates some websites for weddings, she's got to create websites celebrating same-sex weddings. So, you know, that's just one case. We represent a print shop in Kentucky, a film studio in Minnesota. Uh, So these are very important issues that the Supreme Court is going to have to decide and say that, hey, 
like it said the first time, the government can't target people because of their faith, but also go farther and say the government can't compel someone to speak a message they disagree with. Well, let me ask you this, John, and we're talking to John Scruggs of the Alliance for Defending Freedom. Um, if if I'm uh, Jack and they come in and tell me they want a cake and I just say, no, get out, I'm not making that cake, what can what can the government do to me? I mean, they, they shut and if they shut his business down, what if he shows up for work anyway and opens the doors and starts baking cakes? Are they going to come with the police and drag him off in handcuffs? Uh, I mean, uh, the first time they ordered him, there's an order uh, saying that he had to make uh, in any cake. You know, essentially had to make a wedding cake celebrating same sex marriage, and they had to retrain uh, his staff. Uh, no, but and, I, and what I'm saying, all, John, is what uh, what if he says no? I'm not doing that. I'll see you later. And he just starts, just doesn't do it. What what is the government going to do to him? Uh, the government could say you violated the order, and yes, they would fine you heavily and eventually put you in jail. So if I, they would uh, fine me, and I say I'm not paying the fine, uh, and they say we have to shut your bakery down, and if I got a gun and stood behind the counter with a gun and said I'm not leaving, I mean, would it come to you know uh, gunplay? I mean, wh- what? How far can they push you? Yeah, I mean, the whole power of the state is behind these orders. So these are not things that people can violate, right? That's just the bottom line on it. And that's why there's so much at stake for Jack, right? Right. Uh, I mean, it's his business, his livelihood, it's his faith uh, to to operate his business according to his faith. Um, And that's why he's really felt compelled, right? There's been no option for him but to go to court and to again say hey protect me like you did the first time well john i appreciate the work you're doing out there and i I don't think you need any uh luck to win it it seems just like a a slam dunk but we'll see what happens thanks for being on the show thanks so much for having me all right that's john scruggs of the alliance for defending freedom what i'd like to see someone do is take it to that point uh just uh sit be stand behind the counter with a, a a an arsenal of weapons and just dare the government to come and shut my bakery down because I don't feel like making sugar donuts today. I don't know. I, I don't get it. I don't know how it gets to that point. The stupidity is beyond belief. We saw and talked about a lot of stupidity here this week. We do it every week on the John Steigerwald Show. I'll see you Monday right here on AM 1250. The answer. Joe, take it away. The John Steigerwald Show is a production of AM 1250, The Answer, and Salem Media Group. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.